more of High Tide on 2SM and the Super Network. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. If only I could go. Welcome back to the program. We are five minutes after six. If you're heading out today, the latest forecast has for north to north westerly winds below 10 knots tending northeasterly 15 to 20 in the early afternoon and then becoming northerly uh, below 10 knots in the late evening. Seas below a point five of a metre. Sunny conditions heading for a nice warm one today. 30 degrees. Tomorrow's, uh, tomorrow, Monday's hotter than tomorrow. Uh, t- I'll look for the uh, further further forecast yeah, for you. Tomorrow's We've hot. We've got uh, Sunday 27. Okay. And a, in chance of a, increasing chance of a shower. Wet Monday. Showers Monday 25. Okay. Shower or two Tuesday. Well, I thought Sunday was showing up hot. I haven't checked it lately. Carrots tips for today. Rose Hill, race two, number 11. Race four, number 16. Race six, number seven. And an each way bet, good odds, race nine, number 12. At big odds, $21. It's $4.40 a place. At the moment. And next Friday, 36 degrees. 36 degrees. Beautiful. Good to see. It's going to be a warm one. If, if they got it right. If they've got it well, Facetious man. <laughs> facetious man. Is it, this is obviously based on form, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they get upset when you call them the Bureau of Guestimations. Well, they say everything can be at 50%. It's an imperfect science, though. Well, not in a hundred years' time. I can tell you exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, it's just tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's all right. Oh, uh, well, have we got Mark Benazzi here? We certainly do. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Yeah, good morning. I've, I've always found that they get the weather right. They just mix the days up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they give you the weather. It will happen in one of these days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what's happening in politics with an election coming up? Oh, look, I think it's starting to heat up a bit. Um, last couple of weeks, everyone uh, seems to be getting a bit more energised about it. Um, I'll, I'll be out in Dubbo for the last two weeks, helping a candidate out there. Um, but it, I just I wanted to talk to you today about still some um, shenanigans going on with national parks. and um, I've spoke to you quite a few times on, on the timber industry, which I'm a strong supporter of, and... Um, there's just been a report dropped um, by Ernst and Young and the timber industry, which sort of blows a previous report that was done by University of Newcastle about the impact of the Great Koala National Park um, out of the water. Um, and they, well, both sides of the government are sort of barreling full steam ahead with this idea based on this University of Newcastle report saying that it's only going to lose, you know, six. 675 jobs in the timber industry, but this report's come out that it's actually showing it's probably going to lose 8,900 8, jobs uh, in the uh, timber industry and the, an industry that, just in hardwood alone, uh, contributes $2.9 billion a year um, compared to a Great Koala National Park, um, which is proposed to only you know, generate $1.2 billion over 15 years. Um, so we're going to destroy a whole industry to set up a park that will be underfunded, under-resourced, um, and when the next bushfire comes through, we'll have the Great Koala Barbecue. Um, yeah, that's what we—that's what both sides of the government seem to be uh, looking for, uh, or looking to do. 
uh, when they go, get back to Parliament, which is just ridiculous. So what's the answer, uh, Mark? What's the, is there a sustainable approach to it that, that you guys have got? Well, we don't, we, we don't believe in, in lock it and leave it national parks. The research shows that, um, koalas actually are better off in, in managed forests. They like managed forests better, um, because, yeah, they, they like fresh, fresh shoots that come from young trees. Um, they don't like thick, thick undergrowth. Um, so we're supportive of managed forests, not, not, you know, parks that just locked up and, and left. And if, if we head further down south, you've got another classic example of national parks continually doing this. I've, I've spoken about your issue down there uh, at Crescent Head with Goolawar and Hat Head and Ryan's Cut. Um, and we've been able to, I guess, put a pause on the plan of management that was going to see all this beach at 14 kilometres of beach access, access locked up, you know, to fishermen, both recreational and commercial dog walkers, horse riders, the lot. Um, we've been able to put a pause on that, we thought, um, and National Parks have come out in the media and said, no, no, we haven't signed off on this plan of management, but they were just out there the other week putting up more gates, you know, blocking more access in the same area. Well, if they haven't, so, put out, if they haven't decided on it yet, why are they locking it up? Well, e- exactly. This is, a, this is an area that uh, apparently if, a few months ago there was a deceased person on the beach and it took them 12 hours to get to get this person off the beach because they couldn't get access because of all the locked gates. No one, you know, there was rusted gates. There's, you know, there's lost keys. Um, this area known as Ryan's Cut is a is a key area um, for farmers and access because it, when it when it floods, um, it's a, a crucial access point. Um, it's been this area has been locked up three times in three years when they've had major floods um, and and people haven't been able to get in there, council haven't been able to get in there and you know, excavation works um, to enable access because it's behind a locked gate by National Park. So this is this is National Park's management of of our resources um, and, and it's clear you can't trust them. It sounds like a lot of mismanagement. It is. It is. Um, and you know, I think some of it comes down to a lack of resources, but then some of it clearly comes down to a, a cultural problem uh, within the, within the department where they just think it's theirs to theirs to lock up and theirs to have a, as a private playground. It's public land, and public land is for for all public. Um, it shouldn't be locked up behind gates. Yeah. Um, it's um, yeah, it's certainly an issue that we're going to continue tackling in the new government. I've already called for an inquiry into the management of of national parks, particularly how they deal with the public and how they consult on these plans of management, because it's it's lies, lies, and more bloody lies, um, from what I can see, um, in terms of what they tell the public and what they're actually doing. Okay, so how can we help that with the next election? I guess the most important thing is to have more conservative-minded people in Parliament. Um, we know, like the Shooters, Fishers, Farmers, we know, nat- we know the National Party uh, have gone quiet on the Great Koala National Park. They've been told not to talk about it um, by their Liberal Party colleagues, um, which sort of should send shivers down the spine of people that work in the forestry industry. Um, so you need strong, strong conservative-minded people 
like the shooters, fish is farmers party that aren't afraid to call this stuff out. Um, so we'll be running quite quite a few seats uh, this election. I think polling around twenty, twenty five, um, and obviously also the upper house, upper house, which is important as well. It's where we get to review legislation and and, and stop things in their tracks. So I, I encourage all people out there to consider their vote wisely um, and. You know, who and consider who's actually gone out there not only publicly and and supported you know public land access and 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 that but also who's actually gone ahead and tried to do things about it um, and taken and taken steps to do things about it and that's that's the shooters fishers farmers party in the, okay. in the past there has been a, a a distinct lack of of opposition in so far as that so many of the political parties all seem to be singing from the same hymn book and I think this election is vastly different to the, the, the last few that we've seen both state and federally where there are now issues coming out that really stand the groups out from each other. I mean, some of the things the Greens are coming up with at the moment, just, hey, look, guys, come on, you're so far removed from your, you know, <laughs> well, what their problem, their charter would be and you, you wonder how much of, of that is based on knowledge and education and how much is just, oh, well, it sounds like a good idea. So, therefore, if that policy is the same, what about the other policies? And and the same can be said, yeah. I'm not just picking on them, the same can be said for, for so many of the other parties. Your comment, we really should think in this election campaign on where our vote's going, I think, is a really important issue. Yeah, well, look, I'm, I'm happy to pick on the Greens a little bit, but, look, I've, I've been sitting there in forums with them, and, you know, they've been promising, you know, they've been making ridiculous funding announcements. And it's just like, well, you're, you're not going to have the keys to the Treasury. So why are you making these funding announcements that you'll never be able to deliver on? Yeah. You're just, you, you're just being disingenuous with the public. You know, people ask me about funding announcements, and I say, well, I can't, I, I can't sign checks. But what I can do is kick whoever the government is to get you the money if I think it's worthwhile. Put pressure on. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's that, that's the job of a minor party to keep keep the other bastards honest. I reckon it would be a really good thing in our political system if if you promised at the election that you were going to buy Blake's Marine, and when you got into power you didn't buy Blake's Marine, you get flicked straight away because you broke your promise. You're out. Mm. You lie. You know, I'd already booked my holiday. <laughs> <laughs> You, do, you, you just you, you just have to make sure that they're actually careful with their language and that they don't do the whole Johnny Howard thing where they say there wasn't a core promise. Yes, and it, it, was, it was famous for that one, wasn't yeah. a core promise? Yeah. <laughs> I don't okay. envy you, Mark. I really don't. Yeah. But keep up the good work. No worries, thanks, guys. You have a good day. Okay, bye. Mark Benaziak, Shooters, Fishers and Farmers it's, Party. Up here. It's like he swims with sharks for a living, doesn't it? <laughs> he does. That's <laughs> great. We'll take a break. On the Super Radio Network, talking sports. Back with the full team, of course. Gab Robbo, as per usual, will be fielding in left field. Peter Tunks will be holding tight up front. The tough Freddie Papworth to join us a little bit later off the bench. And yours truly, Grant Hughes, uh, trying to maintain some sort of semblance of reality throughout in the year of 2023. Good luck. The boys talk sports. Look, best three hours of radio on in Australia, I've got no doubt about that. No doubt about that. Well, I saw you, Hughesy, on a bit of a Facebook clip they took of you yesterday, and I thought an immaculate man like you would be dressed in the nines and 
there you were in a singlet with your guns out. And I said, good on you, son. Weekday afternoons, the boys talk sports. Yeah, look, I'm out bushing Queensland. I just absolutely love your show. You were dearly missed. And I, I, I think you should be a law against you taking holidays anyway. <laughs> Have your say. Love your show, boys, and really, really appreciate every three hours of your spending. Uh, Thank well you, mate. Done. On the Super Radio Network. It's a new era of supercars. And it starts in Newcastle with two nights of unforgettable entertainment. Friday, catch Ice House, John Stevens and the Screaming Jets. On Saturday, Hilltop Woods, Thelma Plum, San Cisco, Trophy Eyes and DJ Trials. See the next generation of supercars at the thrifty Newcastle 500, March 10 to 12. Book now at Ticketek. Supercars, unforgettable. If you're looking to start a business, buying a franchise is an excellent option. And with all group franchises, you'll have ongoing support. The home services industry is experiencing rapid growth as people are too busy to maintain their homes. All group franchises offers a range of home services franchise options, including lawns and gardens, and you'll be trained in every aspect. Visit allgroupfranchises.com.au or call 0429 691 413. That's 0429 691 Trying to choose new flooring, window furnishings, or rugs for your home? Choices Flooring's Broom View makes it easy to find the look you've been searching for. Whatever the space or your flooring needs, simply take a photo of the area in your home and select your flooring styles, window furnishings, or rugs from the thousands of colors, styles, and texture options. Using Choices Flooring's Room View, you can see your selections right in your own home. Then send your favorites to your local Choices Flooring store to book a free measuring quote. If you like golf, you'll love Twin Creeks Golf and Country Club at Ludnam. Located just 45 minutes west of the Sydney CBD and 15 minutes from Parramatta and Penrith, Twin Creeks boasts an immaculate and challenging 18-hole par 72 championship layout. To book in for a game you'll really enjoy, go to the website twincreeksgolf.com.au or call the friendly, helpful staff at Twin Creeks Golf and Country Club on 9670-8888-9670-8888. More of High Tide on 2SM and the Super Network. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. Only 19 after 6 here on High Tide. Good to have the pleasure of your company this morning. Hey, guess what time it is? Oh, time to catch mud crabs. You know what the interesting thing about playing that for Swanee oh, is? You can't play that because he's got... Yeah, he, you, you couldn't play the video anymore. No. Swanee, good morning. How are you? Oh, uh, mate, how am I? I've got cracked tailbone. What? Oh. I've got a cracked tailbone. I've got a lump on the back of my head the size of an orange. I've Yvonne, what are you doing? Not uh, me. <laughs> Not me. Not this time. <laughs> Not this time. <laughs> what did oh, you do? You could have made a movie out of this one, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what happened. I'll make it quick, buddy, as quick as I can. Uh, we've got a mate, Brendan, and, and his family. They've gone to a wedding in Early Beach, and we've been entrusted with his daughters. It's an assistance puppy dog, actually. She's got a eating disorder, but she, she's turned the corner, thank God. But anyhow, uh, we're looking after her. It's a moodle or something. The Maltese turtle over expensive. Little eight week old bundle of joy. But anyhow, a Thursday morning, 6.30, it's sort of 
went for a bit and I thought I'll get, get up and I'll take it out for a fiddle out on the back of the unit. So down the stairs, I didn't have any, any shoes on. I mean, you know, with the neuropathy and my feet from chemo from a few years ago, I like walking on broken glass, but I can handle flat surfaces and grass, but stones and that I can't. But anyhow, I put the dog down for a fiddle and, and did a fiddle and, um, I went to pick, pick him up and, or her up, I should say, and it's only about the size of a miniature, um, chihuahua, but it can run like a greyhound. And it took off to the neighbours behind the neighbours place next door and he pulled his grass up a few years ago and put down these uh, artificial stones. Um, they're not the smooth river stones. I think they were put out by Gillette, these ones. <laughs> they're sharp around the edges. Anyhow, I thought, I took off after him. I thought, well, I've got to get to him before he gets on the stones. Otherwise, I've got to turn around, go back, put my thongs on and then chase him. He could have gone anywhere, this thing. And we've been entrusted with it with our lives, you know. So anyhow, I, he got concrete around his shed and it, it, drizzled, it was drizzling rain and he painted his, the concrete unknown <laughs> to me and it was it turned it into a skating rink and the last thing I remember when I hit the concrete was my legs going up in the air I'm down on my tailbone my head went backwards and hit the hit his garden shed and I went out like a light anyhow meanwhile the dog took off back to our place and even <laughs> hearing all the noise had come out on the back veranda and said what's going on and I was just coming to there. <laughs> the dog, instead of stopping at our place, it was like a, uh, like a greyhound on Wentworth Street. He just kept going behind about three units. And Yvonne looked across at me prone on the ground and looked at the, and thought about the dog and she had a decision to make. Guess what, fellas? She, she went for the, the dog. dog. <laughs> me on the ground and went after the dog. Is that the dog we can hear in the background? <laughs> no, not yet, but it long. <laughs> Taking it out for a fiddle, okay. uh, Nothing wrong with noodles. That, that's great with, you know, chicken teriyaki or something. That's it, yeah, that's one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh! It's a dog. Anyway, that's the story, fella. Then, anyhow, the dog came back and, and uh, yeah. But um, you didn't. <laughs> dog came back and finally, meanwhile, the phone went and it was something. They mind the bird as well. They're minding a bird for a neighbour too, or <laughs> in barley. And, uh, they rang to say they got stuck in barley while this is all going on, so I didn't even know who this woman was. I'm just taking <laughs> notes. I've got enough troubles. <laughs> I'm just taking notes here, Alan. They yes. look after hey. birds, they look after dogs. And I've Kieran's. got a camel. And Kieran's. And Kieran's. Yeah. I think the Kieran's are the Kieran's. I was going to say, mark. this is only little things to look after. They've got Kieran yeah. coming up, it'll be a lot harder. Yeah. <laughs> if we charge, we'd be millionaires. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. How's the fishing been up there? Yeah, mate, we've had a great week, actually. It's been one of the best weeks since Christmas, weather-wise. Um, just light easterlies in the afternoon and, and uh, overcast conditions. We've got drizzly rain. I reckon we're going to get a couple of inches today, which will be good, too. But the seas are pretty flat and uh, plenty of boats going outside. And it's arguably about the best time of year for Pelagics. And uh, it's, uh, they turned them on during the week. They were spotting mackerel everywhere. Um <laughs> Plenty of dolphin fish and a few cave around any of the fads. Trick is to get out there early just as the sun's coming up. Live bait's really essential. Um, lures that haven't been working too good for the dollies, but live baits have just been smashing them and good sized dollies too. Uh, bottom fishing, a little bit slow. There's been a few pearlies starting to show up on the close in route and a few snapper. Uh, a fellow on the fishing port, uh, uh, on Channel 7 
last night. I think it was yesterday night. Anyhow, he's uh, he caught a seventy centimetre pearly. That's out there somewhere. He wouldn't say where. But good fish. Pearly. Yeah, that's a nice fish. Good chewing, I feel too. Um, there's a few drift fish come off on the full moon, come off the beaches. Um, there's still a lot of sand crabs down in the Pumison Passage, and also uh, pump a few yabbies and, and you take the tinny over to what's now North North Bribey Island actually because of what the seas cut through and, and uh, you got about uh, two or three hundred metres of island north of so it's really as I say they're starting to call it North Bribey but uh, you fish around where the water's coming through there they're getting Bremen lighting and the odd flathead on the abbeys uh, in the Maroochy um, with the full moon mangrove ducks went berserk there were a hell of a lot of boats out of the night time during the week and they're all catching Catching jacks on liveys. Uh, there's a few flatheads still kicking around. The brim is starting to show up uh, down around the mouth, uh, down around the Black Banks and, and Channel Island. Uh, generally, that's about it, mate. There's something there for everyone. Uh, I haven't had the crab trap in. I haven't been able to get some uh, some mullet, but they're only getting bigger for Kieran. So ah, that's why Kieran's sick. He's not actually sick. He's pining. He's pining, waiting for... He'd be in mourning because of Parramatta loss last night. Yeah. 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 I know the feeling. Yeah. And then he gets about main loss on tomorrow, Sunday, too. It's all starting to come to light. It is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, look, another thing, too, fellas, just uh, make sure you're compliant when you're out on the waters. They had a blitz like last weekend on uh, up at Mesa, and uh, I think they made 200 infri- infringements there. Uh, wow. Mainly for speeding on jet skis <laughs> and yes. the like. And, uh, and, uh, uh, no, not the right gear, life jackets and that sort of thing. Just just make sure you're compliant out there. Well, you could cop a good fine. Uh, you never know where they're going to show up next. That's right. It's much cheaper to do it right in the first place. Oh, yeah. yeah. And much safer. That's right. Good point, Eva. Yeah. Okay. And good luck with the Dragons tomorrow. Oh, they need luck, mate. Skill. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how they go, mate, after all the rubbish that's been said about it. Yes. No worries. Okay. okay, Swanee, Eva, thank you very much for time, Swanee. And Eva, look after him, make sure he doesn't fall over again. Uh, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure I know you listen. Let's, let's, mate, we'll talk to you during the week. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Swanee. See you, Eva. Speaking well, of being compliant, speaking yes. of being compliant, I've got my little yellow bin orange. today. Orange bin. Orange. Sorry. Yeah, I'm being orange. I don't know where the hell I got it. It's early in the morning. Leave me alone. How good, how good, and I'm not just saying that because you sell them, yeah. right? But how good are they to have when, you know, like Swanee says, they're out there, they're doing inspections. Yeah, okay, I've got a bailer, I've got, you know, my tow lines, obviously I've got lots and lots of lines. Yeah. But when they come over to the boat, I can turn around, grab my little orange <laughs> bucket <laughs> and go, there is everything. That's right. It's got torch, a torch. Everything. Whistle, a compass, reflector. It's just, and it's great. It doesn't take much room. 
No. It's about an all sitting in one spot. And if you got desperate, you could actually make a real good scotch and coconut. That, <laughs> you've read my mind. You've read my mind. 29 after 6. With a few simple clicks on the Finance Easy website, you can borrow a serious amount of money without even leaving home. They make finance easy, offering a large range of lenders with rates more competitive than the bank. Applying couldn't be easier. Just visit the Finance Easy website, provide a few details, and they'll take care of the rest. Go to financeeasy.com.au or call 1300 003 003. Australian credit license number 392182. With Angel Flight, hundreds of needy, seriously ill Australians don't have to spend painful days on the road. Angel Flight pilots fly them there, free of charge, turning miles into minutes. So please, support the work of Angel Flight or get involved as a volunteer pilot or driver and help bring blessed relief to people who so desperately need some. Whether you dream of winning a Commonwealth Games gold medal or three, like the Australian Jackaroos, or you're just searching for your next social competitive sport that could make you a local legend, the skills you've honed over a lifetime of playing sport will make you a legend on the bowls green. And that green is just up the road. Bowls, local legends wanted. Find a club near you. Visit bowls.com.au and click on Find a Club. It's never been more important to buy Australian than right now. Our local manufacturers and growers produce world-class products known for their quality, safety and reliability. All while generating local jobs, supporting our communities and helping Australian families now and into the future. So look for the trusted green and gold kangaroo logo. Buy Australian now. Visit australianmade.com.au It's the early start to the weekend we all love. Thursday night, rugby league, and this season, your Thursday night broadcast is driven by the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Going for the corner, got it down! Where's the support? Doesn't need the support! The Ford Ferrari scores, and Penrith press play of the party. Your weekend arrives early. Thursday night footy, partnered by the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. If you need help with repairs or maintenance to your strata unit or your commercial building, Network Construction Services could save you a hell of a lot of time, and believe me, a lot of money as well. You might want assistance with things like waterproofing or concrete cancer repairs, which can be a curse. You can find out more by going to Network Construction Services. Services.com.au, or better still, you can talk to Steve on the telephone if you want to. 98085673. Got it? 98085673. 2SM. Sydney's talking. 2SM 1269. More of High Tide on 2SM and the Super Network. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. If only I... 28 minutes away from the top of the hour. At the top of the hour, we will update news for you. If you're uh, heading out offshore today, uh, you don't actually have to get too far off the coast to find yourself in 25 knots of wind. Yeah, so right. keep that in the back of your mind. If you think it might be a bit lumpy... 
And I was going to say, if you're in closer and you're around Newcastle, you might see some speeding cars as well. Well, that's what I was going to say. If you don't feel like going out and bouncing around, you might want to go to the V8 supercars. And a man who uh, has been heavily involved in looking after the infrastructure of same from the Department of Primary Industry is Ray Lonsdale. He joins us online. Good morning. How are you? Okay. I'm great, Grant and Alan, but I'll just let you know, I'm not from primary infrastructure. I'm, I'm transport. From Trans- transport for New South Wales. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Thank you so for you the correction. Thinking, you might be thinking, hang on, why is why is maritime got to do with the supercars? That's because they hug all the way around the harbour, so some of the best viewpoints for it are actually from on the water. Yeah. And they're free. Yeah. You don't so, have to buy tickets. Yep. They, because it is a busy shipping channel, it is a busy working harbour, we've got to make sure that we are going to have a lot more people on the water just to make sure that everyone plans, prepares and predicts for their day, make sure everyone stays safe out there. And just for the uninitiated, what's how long? What sort of prep, how long in preparation does it take to get ready for something like this? Well, the actual event organisers, um, well, the planning. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's not actually my area of expertise. But for us on the water, um, it's it's we. The, our, our safety officers, they're always ready for this yeah. sort of stuff. So but it's also a rolling thing because it's been happening for a number of years yeah. now, isn't it? Yeah, and we have had incidents in the past, so we learn from those. So then that way we're, we're better prepared. So we have specific areas that are set aside for anchoring. They, you'll see the buoys, so when you're out there, go for the areas that are, are marked and, and allowable for anchoring. Um and that way, it just helps keep the channel clear, and it'll also give you the better vantage point. You know, so okay. is is it notice to mariners on the infrastructure website on, on the transport website? There is there is a media release that has gone out, so they should be able to see on there the where the locations are. And but once you're out there on the water, they are easily identifiable by the buoys. You'll see all the the. Cha- the Anchorage boys laid out there, the designated areas, so it won't be too hard to find as you travel around the, the area. Okay, and, uh, I, I just go- sorry, I just googled um, special events Newcastle 500 Maritime, and it gives you the special event Anchorage Thrifty Newcastle 500 Supercar event. Boom. Excellent. See, easy as that. Yeah. Easy as that. And important things to remember is that uh, there will be a lot of people around on the foreshore as well. Be mindful of that if you're going into one of the, if you're going into dock on one of the wharves, don't leave your vessels unattended. Your vessels have always got to be attended. So drop people off and then come back. If you need to pump out or fuel or anything like that, the, or any on water facilities like that, the, the Newcastle Cruising Yacht Club is available. It's close by. You can always use that. Yeah. And we just stress check the weather like always check the weather before you even head out in the morning get onto the, the apps or even listen to you guys you guys do the the updates of the weather so just check the weather before you leave home make sure you know what's going to what the so you're planning ahead what the day's going to be like um be prepared so make sure all your safety equipment you've got your life jackets your life jackets have been serviced so all your stuff's well maintained and predict what's going to happen so if you know that the weather's bad, you predict that you're going to be out of there by, say, lunchtime or something if you know that there's a front coming through. or, uh, or Be prepared that um, 
predict that the big ships come through, what you're going to do? You want to make sure you stay at least 500 metres off the bows of any of those big ships coming through. Okay. Plus. (laughs) (laughs) I think... Exactly, and there's rules on Sydney Harbour of how how far off you have to be off the off the uh, the front of a ferry. Uh, I can assure you, you you want to be a lot further away from that, just from a safety perspective. They don't stop; they they have a great deal of trouble slowing down. And it's amazing how on the water distances can seem for like closer or further away than yeah. what they actually are. And just so, just remember, the big ship they can't see you if you unless you can see their bridge. Because right. you know, they could be half a mile or a mile in front for their vision. That's right. They've got their line of sight from the wheelhouse down to the water, and if you're if you're in between their line of sight and the ship, then you're in trouble. Yeah. Interesting one. As you say, it's a very narrow entrance there. The nor'easter coming in will chop it up a little bit as well. So uh, please yeah. be safe and go and enjoy the car racing. Yeah, exactly. Have a great day out on the water, and look out for your fellow boaters as well. Like. Just common courtesy goes a long way. And just remember, alcohol and water do not mix. No, they do not. That's another big one. So it's it's fine to be out there and have a good time, but always have a designated skipper if you are going to have a drink, because you're guaranteed as soon as someone's having a drink, somebody who's not so doesn't have their sea legs is bound to get seasick and they're going to want you to take them to shore so yes (laughs) (laughs) you've done this before (laughs) yes oh okay thank you very much for your time this morning hope you have a great weekend up there and a safe weekend up there we don't want to see any incidents on the water no, that's right. And you, you guys have a great weekend as well. Okay, thanks very much, Ray. Ray Lonsdale from Transport for New South Wales. And we've spoken about this before too, right? I, because I ride motorbikes instead of driving cars, I'm allowed to have two drinks in the first hour and one every hour after that. If you I'm riding my motorbike, no, no, no. I'm not having a single rotten drink at all. And I'm the same when I'm on my boat. I don't care how much my, 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 um, you know, guests or, or, or not certainly not crew, but guests uh, have have to drink. I've got no problem with that, but I'm not going to touch it. And mm. it's not me being a square. It's not me being a party proof, right? It's just me being smart. If somebody goes overboard or something goes wrong, I want to be totally as sharp as I possibly can be. You're the skipper. You're responsible. Absolutely. Absolutely, it's just a no-brainer. Don't do it. I know we talk about all these downside of things. It's great fun to be out in the water, but you've got certain responsibilities that you have to do and look after and maintain. Because it's not dissimilar to a car. They are a dangerous weapon. They can cause a lot of damage oh, to a yes. lot of people if yes. you're in the wrong hands, you know. That's, it's just crazy. Those simple, simple little things. And like you can say, okay, oh, well, you're a, you're a party pooper. You, you won't have a drink, blah, blah, blah. A lot bigger party of pooper if you drive over the top of somebody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's something you've got to live with for the rest of your life. Yes. If you're one of your passengers goes over, but not necessarily, you know, drowns or passes away, but hurts themselves. You've got to live with that. That's right. But you've got to be able to react if something does go wrong very quickly. Yeah. So... We were talking about V8 supercars then, and earlier on we were talking about motorsport. Uh, Lee Diffie, who's over in the United States calling um, uh, IndyCar, and oh, he was doing NASCAR and everything. We worked together for a period of time here, and when we were doing the Formula One in Melbourne, on a race weekend, he will not have a drink until after the race meeting's okay. over. And his logic is this. It's really interesting. He says... 
even if, you know, two or three drinks a night impedes your mental capacity by 1%. Do you really want to be calling a race and have it impeded by 1%? I think the same applies for boating and driving and, and things like that, and especially for on a motorbike too. It depends on your standards. It depends on your standards. <laughs> True. And each to their own. That's just the, the way I choose to do it. 19 minutes away from 7. Afternoons with Pete Davis. The things that are affecting the Australian people at the moment are the rising cost of living. And here, here we have the 10th interest rate raised in a row on Tuesday. So there's another issue as well. Coalitions are leaving all sorts of troubles. And uh, I think we're just diverting away from the problems we've got in this country. Like... Right, yeah, I don't want to... I don't want to go back on what previous governments, uh, the Rudd government, and can go back as long as you want to. That's all history now. What we want to find out is, is what they're going to do in the next couple of years. Pete Davis on 2SM. For the management of pain and inflammation associated with osteo and other mild forms of arthritis, try Stiff Sore and Sorry Pain Relief Gel. Always read the label, use only as directed, and if symptoms persist, see your healthcare professional. Look for Stiff Sore and Sorry Pain Relief Gel at pharmacies and health food stores everywhere. To find the location of your nearest stiff, sore and sorry stockers, go to loveoilcollection.com.au or phone Ray on 040-66-71-359. Now you can make that tree change that you've always wanted when you move to the country and build your own PAL kit home. You can do it yourself with PAL and you'll save money. PAL has a great range of quality designs and floor plans from which to choose. Make this the year to follow your dream and build your own country home, the PAL Kit Homes way. Go to PAL, that's P-A-A-L, palkithomes.com.au or phone 1-800-024-912. You can escape the rat race to enjoy a leisurely break at Mudgee's Winning Post Motor Inn. As a special bonus, when you make a reservation at Winning Post Motor Inn, mention you heard about it here and you'll receive a complimentary bottle of local Charnwood Estate wine to take home with you. To find out more or to make a reservation, you go to winningpostmotorin.com.au or you can call Mudgee's Winning Post Motor Inn for a booking on 63 72 33 33. Recently retired and want to give back to the community? Looking to contribute to a worthwhile cause? Join View Clubs of Australia, a friendly women's network in your local community. VIEW supports the Smith family to help Australian children in need break the cycle of poverty. Become a member today. Call 1-800-805-366 or go to view.org.au. Why in the world would you shop anywhere else but Peters of Kensington? With the biggest names and the best prices, you'll want to shop until you drop. Peters of Kensington has become a Sydney institution now with additional locations at Barangaroo, Birkenhead Point and Alexandria. Peters of Kensington remains what it always has been, a family-owned and operated Australian company. Visit Peters of Kensington for the best quality homewares, luggage and dinner sets at amazing prices. Peters of Kensington, why in the world would you shop anywhere else? 2SM has Sydney talking. 2SM has Sydney talking. More of High Tide on 2SM and the Super Network. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. 16 minutes away from the top of the hour. At the top of the hour, we will update news. And at the end of this month, it's going to be a very busy day, time up around uh, a beautiful part of the world, a part of the world that I love going to yes. quite regularly. 
Matt from Salamander Bait and Tackle happens to uh, reside in that, that vicinity. They've got a trailer boat competition, uh, fishing competition at the so end of the month. So that means bad weather's coming at the end of the month. And it means he's got to be busy, busy, busy man. So we better get our fishing report from him now. Good day, Matt. How are you? Good morning, chaps. Uh, happy Saturday. Good, thank you. And yourselves? Not too bad. I've got the I've got the tips up on uh, Facebook for you. So I've already thank you, Grant. I've already shared them uh, under our page. But uh, uh, then again, um, now Alan has a point. Uh, traditionally, the, uh, the trailer boat, either the trailer boat attracts these low low pressure systems, or the low pressure systems attract the trailer boat competition. I don't know, but the guys have been. Gee whiz, relatively unlucky. Last year was diabolical. Yeah. Um, that was at low pressure. But you know what? So so were those marlin comps every the last three years. And this year it was perfect. So fingers crossed. I reckon the trailer boat's going to be pristine this year weather-wise. They, they're, they're, they're due for one. They've got a few in the bank they're owed. So you are right. It does kick off uh, that weekend of the 31st uh, and then the 1st and the 2nd. So um, we normally get a, a lot of guys from different, a lot of people from different places coming up, which is great. And um, lots of um, stimulus into the town, which is good. They like going out and something to eat and a drink and um, having a look around and going for a fish, of course. So hopefully... Um, Hopefully we get uh, get busy then, and then the Easter Bunny comes soon after that on the ninth. One of my favourite days. They um, get some Easter eggs or whatever it is, and it's so that's your, your long weekend for uh, um, Easter weekend and the school holidays. But uh, in saying that, uh, fishing reports this week. What have we got now? Scully's been down the beach and he's got some whiting. He's got more than two. He got seven, I think, one morning. <laughs> and a couple of I was very excited. I was nearly going to go down myself. Martin went down there with him a few days and got a few too. Um, uh, some salmon and stingrays still in the mix, so be prepared for a bit of a mixed bag. But um, the river in good condition, so the whiting. So look, the water's still warm, and as we said, it feels more like February up here, uh, weather-wise outside. <coughs> uh, last, uh, this week, this gone especially. So um, hopefully um, we still hang on to a bit of that warmer uh, weather temps and the water temps stay reasonably warm and we keep catching some of those nice whiting because they've been a bit patchy this year. Um, that was on Barubi. Um, there's also reports. Frank got a few off the spit at Fingal um, up there early in the morning and also our Nathan's been getting the odd brim and some whiting around uh, Middle Rock, um, which is the northern end of One Mile Beach there. He's using yabby baits, so the other guys are using the beach worms. Uh, inside the bay, they're still getting the garfish off the wharf at Shoal Bay, um, just opposite the Shoal Bay Country Club there, um, around... Uh, the flathead fishing has been really good this week. I mean, I think I speak about it every week, but I'm getting more and more reports. So the flathead fishery has been taking off, which is great. Um, the shortcut over there, um, which is on the eastern side of Corrie Island, on the way up into Tea Gardens there, that's been fishing very well for flathead on plastics. Um, Red Patch Point, Sandy Point also very well. Um, Roywood Reserve, where we go and pump the yabbies on low tide. They've been getting some nice flathead there on the low tide, actually, um, just with those bent minnows that just um, sort of go across the top of the weed bed. They're a hard-bodied lure. Weird-looking one, um, but when, when you put it in the water, it swims like a fish, basically. Um, and the flathead are coming up, especially these warmer outside temps. They'll feed more readily off that surface sort of thing. So that's about in a metre of water they're doing that. Also some um, whiting down there on the old sugar pens, um, which is another hard-bodied lure, a little surface popper that they've been catching them. Mary's Beach also producing whiting and flathead in that way. Um, the wharves have been going OK. The guys, the kids have been going out to Pearson's Park, getting some nice whiting and flathead off there off the wharf, as well as the one down at Sally Shores behind Bannister's Hotel there. Um, and if it all goes horribly wrong, you can always go and have lunch there at uh, the Cheeky Dog. It's one of my favourite spots. Old Chef Stephen, he looks after us. 
Um, now, oh, Bruce River crabs. So Elliot went out last yesterday and dropped some traps. Got uh, the two traps. He he got four. So not a lot around. Um, been a bit patchy crab wise this year. He was looking in his diary and he said last year around this time they were getting a lot more. So a bit of a mixture. Uh, what else am I laughing? Oh, Peter Stillcock did a ride right around the outer light where he fishes quite regularly. Some pan size snapper to about 55 centimeters. Uh, Gunsight reef. Some traglin off that. Uh, the V reef. Um, some small pan size reds and traglin. And last but not least, the guys went up and uh, fished Broaden Island for a week um, and stayed in the huts up there. Um, some around North Rocks and Kingfish, they said. A snapper, they were getting off the rocks around the island in various spots. Um, but Cod Rock and Tim's Leap producing some reds um, on dusk. So there's a bit for everyone actually out there at the moment. So I'd advocate an early morning fish before we get, I think they said there's potentially a storm this afternoon. All those northerlies, um, I assume, will get up later during the day again as the temperature rises. So there you go. That's Duff Bait and Tackle for Saturday the 11th of March. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Yeah. Oh, there we go. So I've had two coffees. Much better when you ring me a bit later. <laughs> how many, how many Red Bulls before those two coffees have you had? Oh no, no, God, no! I'm having those Mantec things, so I can only have those two coffees and just drink water. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been one of those uh, energy drink stuff. I'm, I'm just the coffees for me. That's a yeah, smart they, play. They don't do much for me either. I don't. No, but they are. You see them in the service station here. They're oh, they, they walk out with them two at a time. Or yeah. That and I drink that that grape juice in the night time in the bottle. That's quite not good for you too. Very healthy. No, no, no that's um, good for you. Um, now, would you like to know the petrol prices or that just up, make us all cry? Hang on for a second. Um, and remember, Vita's taking over soon, so this might change, hopefully. Unleaded, uh, 196.9. V-Power, 219.9. Uh, the diesel that I use is just uh, 199.9. And the fancy diesel, we all know that Al would use, is a 208.9. So I think that one's come down, actually, the V-Power fancy diesel. Um, so there you go. Now, uh, Matt, Matt, we've spoke, mm. speaking to Paulie Burt before, and he's mm. talking about saltwater flies. Do you have any of those? Um, yeah, we have a, a one called the Clouser for Flathead, one of the guys makes. I might be pronouncing that wrong because I'm not a, a, a fly guy. Uh, and we've obviously, and just funnily enough, I'm considering whether getting the blackfish table up and running early this year, and I've got a whole lot of the um, the, the weed flies in yesterday and individually bagged them up. So uh, they're, they're used more as an alternative bait under the float so much, although the clouds are ones are used as a... With a so that you're fishing with a blackfish rig and a blackfish rod. You're not fishing with a traditional fly rod, and they just sort of bob along with a bait, um, and they'll they'll grab them. But the clouses, um they're a traditional uh, saltwater fly, and they're, they're bottom feeding one and one of the guys here that got into fly fishing has done a fair bit with them with flathead but I think John's gone and caught um, John he's a bricklayer by trade but he's got uh, nimble little fingers because he ties these uh, flies and he's also caught dew on the flies he's caught obviously flathead to start with brim um, so he ties different types of flies for that but we've just got the general uh, flathead one in here um, uh, he's got some Mac tuna, I think, and he's, I think this year, he likes the challenge. I think he's going to chase a long-tailed tuna and snapper. They were the two species he hasn't yet caught on fly. So it is interesting, that form of fishing, isn't it? Uh, you can basically adapt it anywhere. I, I've done it in New Zealand fly fishing for trout, um, but I've not done the saltwater stuff. Uh, and I think they, uh, I think they even chase marlin and stuff with flies, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not. Yes. Um, yeah. and they've got he- different gauge fly rods and stuff like that, which are all carbon and horrendously expensive, I think. But, uh, um, there you go. So that's probably my limited, very limited knowledge of fly fishing. So for those fly fishers out there, I apologise, but it's not my, uh, area of expertise. <laughs> <laughs> a 
lot of fun. I could do it, though. When you got the hang of it, I've got to say, and that was like 30 years ago, uh, it was fun. It was wonderful fishing over there. I mean, those trout will sort of, they don't bust up, but they, they feed off the surface in front of you and there's a big tail swoop and it goes down and you get all excited and you get your fly tangled in the bloody tree behind you and all this sort of stuff. So, Or you get those little wind knots in there. So there is a fair bit to it. Um, I don't think the saltwater ones as... Uh, oh, finicky or finesse, and I might have that wrong, but because uh, the gear's a bit heavier and stuff like that, but they are getting most species on flies. Um, as most fish are taking plastics in different forms, I mean, there's not, I can't think of a fish that hasn't been caught on a plastic lure. Uh, if you went back 20 years, you wouldn't, you'd look at it and you'd laugh and you wouldn't think a snapper would take it or whatever it may be, but it would. So. There you go. I think there's a, uh, a, there's a, the future is probably in the lures. I mean, you look at the young guys coming through, very rarely do they ever even fit any of them fish with bait. Yeah. Um, so there you go. That's the thing. That's the thing. I think there'll always be a place for a prawn on a hook, don't get me wrong, but I think, uh, I think it's changing. And with that change also comes a lot of catch and release stuff, which is great too, because you've got healthier fisheries, so. Okay. There we go. That'll be uh, my 20 cents worth after those two coffees. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Dust yeah. salamander bait and tackle, salamander bait, salamander bait, 163 salamander No point in mentioning the number of the strain. I told you, you that the other week. That's exactly disagree. right. Now, you, now, you had, now you're using it yourself. And now just because you put it out there, that was it. <laughs> Cole's Express. I did, I did quickly say that you put Macanelli and PJ in a boat together, so I, know, I think that's cheating. The poor old fish won't stand a chance. <laughs> <laughs> and I did see some remnants of a dynamite stick in there, so I don't know if those rods were used. There was a bit of damage to those fish. I'll, ask, I'll ask that question if the icon rings up. That's called um, expanding bait. Expanding bait, yeah. <laughs> now, ladies, chaps, you have a good Saturday. Good luck with the horses, and Tony will be here in the morning to talk more about honey. See you, okay. mate. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Dynamite. That's uh, that, that's what you catch and release in a totally different form. Release uh, in a million pieces. That's that's it. Yeah, don't get too carried away with it. Okay, report from Foster Tun Curry, at, uh, which is just up the road from uh, Duffin. Yep. At uh, generally speaking, daytime fishing missions are pretty tough going during the full moon periods. While things have been a bit quieter this week, the fishing has been pretty good considering. The biggest thing you'll find when the full moon is in play is that the bite period for a lot of species is much narrower and more tide dependent. And that backs up what PJ said this morning. In the estuary, flathead is still charging along very nicely. The single biggest factor to finding a nice bag of flatty tails is to concentrate your efforts on a run out tide of an afternoon. Fishing the morning for flathead will still see you finding a couple of fish, particularly if you get up into the shallow stuff, but to get into some numbers you need to wait for the tide. It's nearly always the case. Covering ground, throwing artificials, offerings is by far the most productive technique. Again, what uh, Matt was saying, make sure you don't head too far upstream. There are huge numbers of fish down towards the mouth of the system, so it would be sticking to the east of Wallace Island. The local brimmer on fire out there. Uh, been some good numbers uh, around the oyster leases. The top of the tide is very productive. You can fish the leases with both bait and lure. Either will work well. Uh, if you're bait fishing, just make sure you fish unweighted or lightly weighted baits on the structures. So um, that's part of the Great Lakes tackle. Tone carry and foster. And if you are debating whether you should be going out today or having a play or, or whatever the case may be, when that subtly does go through. Um, particularly from about uh, tomorrow night on, it's going to sit as a, a low sitting off around about the Ballina area. It's going to hang around for a couple of days. Okay. Um, so the winds aren't, 
you know, like through, ridiculously heavy. Is that that range system that's up a bit further north in Queensland going to slide down? It's it's, but that's what the models are suggesting. Yeah. Now, you know, there are models, so they're not, you know, 100% right, yeah. but it does give you a bit of an idea um, on on what is taking place out there. But it's going to sit around for a while, and it's going to bring in those southerly winds. not going to be freezing cold southerly winds, but they're going to be blowing. It must be gone by Friday if it's going to be 36 degrees. You'd have to think so. There is a big high just off uh, out in the Indian Ocean that's making its way across, and it's going to make life uh, quite entertaining, I would say. Okay. Thank you for listening, everyone. Same time, same channel tomorrow. It'll be Grant and myself again. Look forward to your company. And uh, safe boating, everyone. As Kier would say, keep your eye on the sky. Where the wobbler and the dragonfly knew us like they knew the river bend. But as sure as yappies bite your toes, this boyhood story had to end.